1: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.
0: Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller?
2: I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh,
0: you got fleeced. Next caller?
2: I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. Uh,
0: that's not a bad deal.
2: It is not. Our
0: best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
2: Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 256GB offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See ATT.com slash Samsung for details.
3: All right! Oh, right. All right! This is, this is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb.
4: showing the bonus Fox sports radio coming off of the super bowl um here's a you know your old moment ready for j stew I'm ready when when the halftime show is right into your wheelhouse right when the halftime show is right in your wheelhouse you're like man i'm that guy I mean, remember when we were kids, we, you know, or even go back, you know, five, ten years ago, you're like, man, all these acts are old and they've been around, you know. But now, I mean, even if you go back, obviously, to SoFi two years ago when it was Snoop Dogg, like, th- this is my generation. Usher's our generation. Congratulations. If you didn't know you're old, now you know you're old. That's really what it comes down to. You are old.
5: What would you think of it?
4: Um, I thought it was okay. Uh, I mean, the most amazing thing is if he was really singing, which I think he was while riding roller skates, like I just I suck at roller skates. I'm not I'm not a good roller skater. So, I mean, any stick and ball sport, I'm pretty I can handle myself at, you know, I can't skateboard. I'm a very I'm a below average surfer, but I'm a terrible roller skater. And that was the most impressive part. He,
5: I didn't he like. He did, by the way. He he did not lip sync, which I think was one of the criticisms that his his volume on the vocals was too low, um, and he was out of breath a little bit, and he was sweating like crazy. But that roller, yeah, the roller skating thing won me over. I'm not a fan of his of his, uh, of his songs or anything, but th- that was impressive.
4: Yeah, I thought. I mean, uh, he was. It's interesting, you know. Like he he's done that Vegas show, and he put on a Vegas show. That's what he did. So. Um, I don't know, I thought that was really really uh uh that it was special the, the roller skating thing was special there was also the part the the opening part was on the turf a lot, which was weird that was a weird kind of a weird shot, and they kind of have a search destill thing going um there was a really cool visual when he was on stage with all the lights the phone lights behind him. I thought that was cool, but I didn't love the set list like there was some other there were some of his songs he and there was a couple that were, I also, I'm not a big medley guy. I'm like, look, how long was the, the, the show? It's like 15 minutes.
5: I think it's 15. Yeah.
4: Right. So you can probably get four full length songs in there, maybe even five because they play them faster, you know, in concert, like just play five songs. Don't do 20 songs when you do one verse of it. Don't you think?
5: No, that that's a common uh criticism is that they try to put their entire career of songs into fifteen minutes as opposed to just choosing like I, I wanna say Prince played like four or five of his anthems and and played them pretty
4: thoroughly. Yes. And that's why Prince is the best. Right? That's why he's the best. The best to ever do it. Um in regards to the commercials. You know, I mean, I we talked a little bit about the Pfizer ad, whatever. There was a couple others. I like the Dunkin' Donuts one was was good. Um, I thought actually thought some of the commercials were better than they've been. Like the Dunkin' Donuts, we haven't had a good kind of funny actors making fun of themselves in a while. I, I feel like I don't know, um, but it is interesting that when we were kids, we paid a lot more attention to the ads, and I think part of it is now you know, it's hard because everybody's looking to not be offensive in any way. So it's sometimes hard to be funny unless somebody's willing to make fun of themselves, which Ben Affleck was.
5: I laughed out loud. That's tough to do. I'm not easily amused. That commercial was very good. The way Matt Damon begrudgedly says, how about them donuts and then regrets it immediately. That's, it's amazing.
4: Yeah, it was, it was really good. And then when Jennifer Lopez said, Tom, you can stay also really good. So that, that, that part was funny. Uh, Tom Brady appearing in two Super Bowl ads was was outstanding. Uh, Romo in his Super Bowl ads, like, I don't, I think Romo is the, he's become like the Tom Cruise of ads and even when he's on a broadcast where every time he's on, he kind of says and acts in the exact same way, <laughs> which is really his personality, right? Like, he's just kind of a happy-go-lucky guy and... Uh, just kind of like tries to smile and be all shucks about it. That's his character that he plays. Uh, as far as the game itself, I mean, I had we I had people over, I had a bunch of kids over. I don't know, I thought it was, it was enjoyable. And it was the best kind of enjoyable game in that, though it was boring and low scoring for most of the game, right? It had just enough, right? You had a blocked extra point. That was a big play, which no one has brought up. Right, you had a blocked extra point. You had all kinds of other, uh, other little stuff going on. But then by the end of the game, then everybody gathers around the TV, and fourth quarter and overtime were awesome.
3: Truly, truly awesome. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or,
3: shoot that, shoot that! Ah! What the fuck say?
6: I hate, you know, looking at the coaching staff here, but it just, I, I was puzzled at times with what they were trying to It's almost like Kyle Shanahan in the second half wanted Brock Purdy to be the MVP. It felt like the play calling was, we're going to have you win this. Instead of just saying to Christian McCaffrey, uh, why don't you run again? Hey, why don't we get it to him again? Andy Reid brought up something interesting, that he was calling plays... For players basically saying get the ball to this guy or you take it whereas it felt like san francisco wasn't doing that they were calling plays instead of just saying get the ball to christian mccaffrey Uh, george kittle was non-existent debo was in and out of the lineup not completely healthy Uh, Brandon Ayuk would have had the game-winning touchdown, but give credit to Chris Jones running up the middle, uh, you know, hurrying Brock Purdy. It just felt like their play calling was more guided towards Brock Purdy than it was Christian McCaffrey. And uh, I was a little bit surprised with that.
4: It's it's like we want to give him, maybe not a pass, but a little bit extra credit when he completes a pass. Like, he's not terrible, but he's not the other guy. And you also... You don't know how he's going to react in that situation. And honestly, the Chiefs defense is really good, and they're really physical. Um, I thought the start of the second half, they went away from running the football, which was which was a mistake. Um, and all of that said, all of these flaws aside, you know, they had a 10-point lead. And then they had the ball in overtime and probably should have scored a touchdown if they can block Chris Jones. And even without blocking Chris Jones, that throw to Brandon Ayuk was there. He just didn't see it because Jones was in his face, but he, he looked, he saw, he saw Ayuk, he saw no safety there. All he had to do was throw, throw it and Ayuk wins. Um, I, I just like, we're doing this thing where we're, we're, um, denying what the reality is and the reality is like, this is kind of who they've been and people have a little bit of a beat on them. Uh, do I think you should go to Christian McCaffrey all the time? Absolutely. But part of it is, like, Kansas City's defense is no joke. People have a good beat on what you're trying to do. Your quarterback, though good, has some limitations. Right? Show me the, the deep downfield ball where he really would stretch the defense. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So when you take away throwing the ball 40, 50 yards down the field, now all of a sudden space gets tight, and you got to figure out how you want to matriculate the ball down the field. This is Brady Quinn LeVar Arrington talking about Kyle Shanahan's decision to receive the ball in overtime. I didn't have any issue for this reason is he wanted to
0: control overtime. Yeah. Like if you take the ball, ultimately, like that's him. He's an offensive play caller. I I thought he called a very masterful game. Like if you go back and watch, I mean, and again, Debo missed some time, Kittle wasn't really involved, you know, he was banged up. Like, he had, they had to overcome a lot of that. They found ways of, you know, giving Purdy opportunities. And look, they they easily could have scored. They drove all the way down there. They just couldn't execute once they got in the red zone. But it was that type of game, right? Right. You get three points, we get three points. You get seven points, we get seven points. Or or six. Well, maybe not in the beginning. Yeah, right? I mean, it just... It seemed like the type of game that if they one was going to get a touchdown, the other was going to get a touchdown. If one was going to get three points, the other was going to get three points. That's what that was what the flow of the game seemed to feel like. And so if I'm if I'm Kyle Shanahan and I'm making the decision based off of the analytics and all those things, I thought his reasoning was sound.
4: Um I don't I think what's come out is they didn't know the new rules of overtime. And I'll be honest with you. I think most people didn't know the new rules for. Did you know that there was going to be another quarter in overtime? Like I didn't. Um you know, I didn't at all. Not in any way did I have any clue, any clue that that's what was what what was happening. But for the coaching staff, you had to know. Uh, I was surprised. Now, the one reason you get the football to start overtime is if you think their defense is gassed and their defense was gassed. I actually think like if you if you really look at it like Steve Spagnolo, like he made a he, he or if Kyle Shannon was ever in charge. Like you're 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 taking on water on defense and there really time wasn't really an issue. Why not call a timeout? They were just going downhill and downhill fast. And, and granted, that drive was really helped by a uh, defensive holding call, uh, which was obvious, but there were some other obvious penalties that weren't called. But after that defensive holding call, like, it was it was bad if you're Kansas City. I thought Kansas City coached it poorly and not calling it. Like, you can call a timeout, just catch your breath, go, hey, fellas, like, let's get this thing together. They're kind of running downhill at us. So I don't have the issue with – uh, the play calling, as much as I would have an issue, why wouldn't you take the ball second there? And I think that's because they didn't know the new overtime rules. I I, I honestly think Kyle either didn't know them or didn't didn't really understand. I I don't know.
5: Just to clarify, yeah. the uh, Shanahan knew the rules. Shanahan defends his decision to receive because they would have, by the rules, received. The sudden death kickoff first—that was his reasoning. Right. Uh, so if
4: you score, I score, then I get it back. Now it becomes sudden death. Correct. And the and the and the Niners <laughs> would get the ball. Okay. Well, then uh, that, I mean to that part I disagree with because I like what Andy Reid's plan was, which was, hey, if we we score to tie it up, we're going to go for two, and win the game.
5: Yeah, I mean that was Shanahan's thing after the game, is that he decided before the game if it went to overtime, they were receiving. And Andy Reid's thinking was the exact opposite. No, No. very interesting juxtaposition there.
4: Here's Colin
7: Cowherd talking about Pat Mahomes. I've never seen anything like Mahomes, and I watched the NFL in the early 70s. Brains, composure, accuracy, athletic ability, coach ability. It's insane. Then you add to me the best offensive coach since Bill Walsh and maybe the best tight end. Everything else you just figure out what's really discouraging for the rest of the NFL this was the year to beat them the receiving core whatever it is was young and inconsistent Travis Kelsey looked old the offensive tackles weren't great oh wait my bad last year was the year you were going to beat Kansas City because they had all those rookies on defense and yet Mahomes goes two for two with two Super Bowls. And for large chunks of the game, Jalen Hurts was brilliant and outplayed him. And Brock Purdy was composed and the Niners' defense was relentless. And with young rookies last year and tackles that were so-so
4: running for his life, Mahomes did it again. It was amazing. I I just... um, You know, when... When the Niners took the three-point lead late in regulation, it was like a minute 58 to go. Everyone I know was like too much time. And then when the Niners kicked the field goal in regulation in overtime, everybody thought they knew what the conclusion would be.
1: When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I'm, I've lost count.
3: Or, shoot that, shoot that!
2: And it's
4: once you get past the first time or the second time and you still deliver on fourth down, it's no longer even close to being a fluke. This is the real deal. The guy's as good as anybody we've ever seen do it. That's what the Fox said.
7: Ah!
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: Let's find out who or what's annoying Jason Stewart. And now, it's your
0: Annoying.
5: Hey, Doug, I thought I would have a lot more to say about Tony Romo, Um, but he actually had a pretty decent game. Um, There was was somebody quoted Sean McManus, the outgoing president of CBS. I don't know what Mm -hmm. his title is. Mm -hmm. And Sean McManus, and I found this to be very interesting, admitted to telling Tony Romo to calm down a bit. Um, I found that interesting that he admitted it because CBS has been done nothing but defend him for over a year now. So I thought that was interesting. And what I did see was that Tony Romo kind of took the advice. Um, he was pretty mellow all game. He made some flubs and he had some missed calls and he always steps over uh, Jim's attempts to go to the the uh, referee analyst but he was pretty He stayed in his shoes but then he just couldn't help himself on the final call as it went like this
7: first and goal Mahomes swings it the it's
3: there Hartman jackpot Kansas City
0: and this was the Andy Reid special this was the Andy Reid special we talked about he was saving all day he's gonna fake a motion to go across and at that moment He turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have right, and they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the game-winning drive of Mahomes' career—he's been waiting for. He's won Super Bowls, but he's never had it in an overtime. He is the best. He is the standard. And Michael Jordan wins it again.
5: Turn off his microphone. That was not a time to analyze the touchdown. That was just not a n- normal touchdown. That was a Super Bowl winning touchdown. Shut the fuck up.
4: Yeah, um, I, it's so painful because, I mean, honestly, if you listen to that call, Nance had his line prepared. Nailed it. Well, I don't know if he nailed it. I don't know if he nailed it. Like, it's kinda cheesy, but I, I I get it. You know, I guess they all most of them do it. But if you listen to the line, it was jackpot, right? That was his line. He's like, oh, jackpot. And then Romo's analysis, I mean it wasn't it was it was good. It wasn't I mean, I I saw Orlovsky like, hey, this is the same play they ran twice to win the game last year. You know? It's called corndog. Um so he called it the Andy Reid special, whatever. What he was doing though was he was describing the replay. What what I'm blown away by is he's been doing this for like five years now, right? How are you still bad at this? Jason, that is awful. Like and and I understand the point of you saying, Hey, he was more calm, he was more measured during the game. He was okay. Hey, he was okay. By the way, the magic to Tony Romo, why he got the big chair long term to begin with was he seemed to know what was going to be run before it was run. So there's only two – there's two times you can say what he said, which is when they get in the formation, hey, watch for the same play they won Super Bowl with last year. Or watch for the Andy Reid special, if you will. And then you let Nance call the play, says jackpot, lay out, let the crowd go crazy, put some stat up there. And then when they go back to the replay, now you diagram it, show why it worked, and then hopefully if you're really good at your job – then you have last year's replay as well, and you show that too.
5: That's the whole thing I always loved about the kick six play with Vern Lundquist. They let that crowd just carry it
3: for about two minutes before Gary Danielson ever said anything. Correct. Like it, it tells its always, own story.
4: You cannot do that. Okay. They, they, they. What they tell you when you first learn to be a broadcaster, especially when you're a former athlete, is, man, you gotta let it breathe. Gotta let it breathe. And with the famous clip of Kevin Harlan last year when they're calling yeah, the, yeah. the Furman upset of Virginia, where he's literally got his arms out. And his arms out mean, like, don't say anything. Trust me. I've been doing this for 25, I'm, for Kevin Harlan, I've been doing this for 30 years. Don't say anything. Let the moment speak for itself. And he just can't do it. He just can't, won't do it. Totally stepped in the call.
5: Um, speaking of laying out and not not interrupting, uh, was it Molly Kiram? Kiram, Kiram. Okay, so she um she hosts First Take with uh, Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp is on today, um, and then one person started pointing a finger at the other person, and when that happens, two alpha males, when someone points a finger at somebody, that's a reason to go. Uh, listen to this exchange.
6: But I got a question for you, Stephen A. Mm-hmm. And I want to. Patrick Mahomes go get a 3 P. Not what you're talking. Nothing. Oh, man, stop it. That's not what you did for Michael Jordan. You said a 3 P was what made him to go.
3: That's I what you that. saw right oh, up okay. here. Hold on. I'm saying that. I'm confirming what you're saying. You're not listening to me. I'm hey, saying Shay. I have nothing to say I, if, Chad, if, if hey, Patrick Shannon. Mahomes wins three straight. so but don't you point at me Shannon, like that Shannon. as if you got a case to make yeah, against, that against on, Michael Jordan. That's all
6: you, all told like you told me. told me you tell me Jordan and Kobe what made them great because they three peed it. That's right. Now, I'm asking you the same thing. And I'm saying, Patrick okay, mean, Mahomes three peats
0: Yes, I'd have to. Okay, okay. No, no. No.
6: I'm sorry about it. I'm sorry. No, 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 We know LeBron in three peed. Hold go, up, see, then hold you go. up hold We go. know that.
5: Um. I mean, that's just good television. We got, I You know the producers in her ear saying we got a break or you have to insert this. But you just got to, again, kind of let that thing play out. And I, the last thing you ever want to do to an alpha male is point at them, Doug.
4: I don't know. Like, everybody's ego is so out of fucking place in this world. Like, it's just a TV thing. And the the GOAT debate is maybe the, of the debates that people continually have. That's probably the most annoying. Who else is annoying you?
5: Um, Well, I got a couple, but just one more. Okay. So, um, remember a couple weeks back, Dan Beyer did some kind of, there was some kind of Google, or maybe it was Twitter X, there was a a study done where the Chiefs are the most hated team, judging by the language used against the team on, on Twitter. And that makes sense because of the Taylor Swift thing. And teams that win get hated. I get that. Um but over the course of this playoffs I I came to the conclusion that I wanted to see them win because I want to witness greatness. Like we we are witnessing something that hasn't been done. Patrick Mahomes is doing something that that no one's ever done at least in their first 6 years and it's it's amazing to watch and I don't want it to stop. I get the feeling of, like, oh, you know, we need new blood or whatever. But I'm beginning to think that that's a very shallow opinion of this. Like, who doesn't love to see? Like, Andy Reid's an easy guy to root for. And last night, like, history was made. I don't know. I, the Chiefs haters, to me, have become more and more shallow the more I think about this.
4: Well, I'm like, and look, if you go on social media, it's that the Chiefs hold all the time. The Chiefs do hold all the time. They're, they're known the NFL is a team that holds all the time. The The problem with it is... We, we warned you about this heading in the Super Bowl. They don't want to call penalties in the Super Bowl. The ones they call were generally pretty egregious ones that they had to call. So, yeah, I don't... Well, this is what we do, though, Jay Stu. We hate anybody who's on top, especially anybody who's on top for a substantial amount of time. Exactly. Anymore?
5: That's it. So, Chiefs-haters, uh, the Tony Romo final what? call, and Molly for getting in the middle of two alpha males. Real quick, was, is, is it the hate yeah. for the Chiefs is mostly... Is that mostly because we also had the 49ers the same time again? Like, I feel like most of the hate was just because it's both these teams. Mm. There's always that new
4: blood thing. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what it's about. I don't know what it's about. I mean, I, I think what, it, what it's honestly about is Chiefs fans. You know, it's the all these people that are now suddenly Chiefs fans. Like, what do you mean, Chiefs? Like, what is your connection with the Chiefs? You just like them because they're awesome. You know, like, I don't think people actually hate the Cowboys. I think they hate Cowboy fans. I don't think people hate the Niners. They hate Niner fans. I think it's just Chiefs fans. And I know a bunch of them. And frankly, most of them are obnoxious. And it's like, hey... Um, you're, you, have a, you have an all-time great player, an all-time great coach, like maybe some humble pie. But again, you're just a fan, so you don't have to be humble. And you don't remember when you kept losing home playoff games and we kept laughing at you. Or maybe you do, and that's what you used as your fuel. I'm not sure. So what are my choices?
5: The final call, Tony Romo. Uh, Molly 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 and, and That's easy.
4: Tony, Tony Romo. Tony Romo stepping on Jim Nance's final call of the Super Bowl is annoying.
3: Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day.
4: All right, uh, what's the pick of the day? Let's go to college basketball. This one's easy. The line is moving because Kevin McCullough's not going to play tonight for Texas, for Kansas. They're taking on Texas Tech at home. This is not me thinking Texas Tech is great, but it is me thinking that they're at home in kind of a must-win situation a little bit here right? against a Kansas team that's coming off a win. Uh, Excuse me, a a Kansas team, yeah, coming off a win um, after losing to K-State. They won at home against Baylor. You you look at Texas Tech, and granted, they lost at home to Cincinnati going back um, a week ago. But this is like must-win time now in terms of their tournament season. And Kansas, kind of a four-person team without Kevin McCullough, who's probably their second-best player. I don't like, I love Texas Tech tonight. That's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Uh, Check out the daily radio show. That's, was it, uh, 3 to 5 Eastern time, 12 to 2 Pacific. And, of course, you have this podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is In the Bonus.